Deirdre Sheehan has built multiple successful businesses across two continents by cracking the code on social media. She's been through all the social media platform changes, all of them. And more importantly, she figured out how to rise above these changes to find new customers and clients. Today in this episode, Deirdre is going to help us understand how social media platforms evolve and what we need to do to successfully market our businesses on them. This is a great episode. You're going to learn a ton. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Marketing Made Easy by Jotful. I'm Don Verbrigge, Jotful CEO, two-time entrepreneur, former business school professor, and your host. I'm here to have practical and fun conversations with people who know a thing or two or three about how to get more customers for your business. Deirdre, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I know that you're from Australia, if people haven't figured that out yet by the accent. (laughs) How, How did you make your way to New York? And tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, for sure. So I started my entrepreneurial journey almost a decade ago, uh, and it was actually something completely different. So we started with a dessert bar in Sydney. It's called the Chocpot, uh, and we grew that to five locations. And then we also opened a few years after that first one, we opened um, burger restaurants called Stacks on Burgers, and we grew that to two, grew that to two locations. Um, and yeah, to answer your question about why how did I end up here so it's kind of um it feels like an aligning of a lot of things and I'll I'll tell you what I mean so at around oh gosh the end of 2018 I want to say um we found out that one of our store managers of the chocolate so it was and he was a store manager of one of our busiest stores. So it was in the heart of city of the city in Sydney. And we had found out that he had been stealing from us like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. And yeah, it was insane. And, um, you know, I can talk about it very like whatever now, but at the time it was like this huge betrayal, as you can imagine, you know, we had like, and we had, we were grooming him essentially to become sort of the right hand, you know, almost like the full operations manager across all of our stores. So it was, you know, it was actually quite a big thing at the time. And it took something like that to kind of like snap. So, so I opened it, um, I started the business with my then partner, now husband, and it kind of took something like that to happen to be like, is this what we want to be doing? Is this where we want to be heading? Is this what we, what we want to be focusing on? And I've always wanted to work and live overseas. Um, And at the time, I was actually exploring with another um, co-founder of mine, a fashion technology idea. And so I was like, well, what better place in New York City to explore fashion technology, right? So that was my, that was my excuse anyway. So that is how, because we were just like, you know what, let's just do it. Um, At this point, you know, we've just had this big thing happen to us. It's kind of making us question a lot of things and where we want to be. And we were just like, now's the time. Like, literally, if we stayed on this path of, you know, growing these these businesses, like, cool, but is this really what we want to be doing? Um, And, yeah, for us, that that answer was no. So we just, we pretty much picked up and left. uh, And we got over here in 2019. So what is it that drove your growth from a marketing perspective with your previous businesses? Yeah, it was, um, I've got to tell you, like, just to put this in context, uh, because I don't think, and, and, you know, entrepreneurs will understand this because, you know, it's so easy to to be like, oh, yeah, check out this big bit. We grew to five locations and this other one, um, but it was not the easiest 
journey at all. I mean, brick and mortar businesses is one of the hardest things that you can get into. Uh, so we had, because, you know, it costs a lot of money to actually fit out a place, which, by the way, we did not know <laughs> because <laughs> we had no background in hospitality. Like that was how Some, we Sometimes not knowing is what uh, causes <laughs> entrepreneurs to be successful because other people would just never even think of doing that because they just know better. Right. Yeah, I know. I think that's a thing. You know, if, uh, what would I have done differently? maybe not start a brick and mortar business. (laughs) But um, yeah, so, you know, we were in debt from day one. We had a lease, like we, the thing is that we had, you know, we were super naive about it all. We knew that we had the bee's knees of our product. We loved our product. And I'm sure that this is a very common thing, again, for a lot of new entrepreneurs, but we loved our product and we were sure that, again, we would build it and they would come, right? Oh, right, yep. Yeah, of course. That's how it always works. Right. Exactly. So uh, we built it and uh, they did not come. Mm-hmm. So it was um, months and months and months of like trying to figure this thing, this marketing thing out. Um, it's sometimes like I know better now, but like at the time I was like marketing was such a, because I also come from a corporate background and in corporate marketing isn't as, and banking by the way, so it wasn't really as big of a thing it was kind of almost the afterthought rather than the driver yeah whereas obviously in entrepreneurship it's it has to be the first thing it has to be almost the only thing that you focus on at the beginning to yep. grow a business once you have the product yeah yeah we didn't even we did not know that uh we so we were fumbling we were trying to fit and we had to like we were bleeding money right because we had rent and wages and supplies and everything to pay even though we weren't making very much money at all um and so at the time, uh, it was probably a, a few, maybe a month or so, four or five weeks in, uh, we, uh, one of our staff members, so she was a bit younger than, than us, she was, you know, up with it. She was like, oh, you should be on this thing called Instagram. And <laughs> What year was this? Just this to give you some context. This was 2013. So, okay. this, yeah, nine, nine years ago. Yep. So at the time, Instagram was still, you know, it was still start like, kind of starting it was still quite nebulous at that time or nascent mm-hmm. um and uh so and we were like oh okay sounds cool but in the back of my mind I was like I cannot I don't have the time like what the, you know I've got to take photos and I've got to like post and I'm trying to figure this thing out and I'm like you know what Facebook is enough right now <laughs> like I can't yeah. I can barely figure out Facebook let alone Instagram at that time um but interestingly we so we started reaching out to like collaborating with bloggers. So, um, cause I was talking to a mentor of mine and he was like, you know, start actually finding, especially because you're in the food industry, blogging was big back then, like food blogs. So we mm-hmm. would be finding, so I was just, okay, cool. Like I, I find these food bloggers and I just started like emailing them all. Um, and then they were coming in, you know, once a you know, we had one or two a week sort of coming in at that time. And um, I remember having conversations with them and they were like, oh, like, you know, they loved our stuff. And they were like, you know, we'll obviously put up a blog, but like we're, all, we're also going to, uh, we just started up this Instagram account. So we're also going to post on there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I t- totally know about Instagram. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> um, and, and what we found was that more and more, it was like kind of almost that that transition point of like, blogging really um, starting to transition into 
Instagram, like they were all going on there um, and Instagram as a platform was growing. Mm-hmm. So for us, we really found that, you know, working with um, influencers who were kind of like transitioning off from blogging being their main platform to Instagram and the growth of Instagram, it was kind of almost the perfect storm for us to really ride that wave. Did you um, just get lucky getting there at the perfect storm? Like, I feel like a lot of it was. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, I used to, because I used to um, listen to a lot of um, how I built this and Daryl yeah. used to always be, that was his last question, right? Do you think it was like luck or, and it's always, it's always a mix of both. Yes, um, of course. You know, um, I think things have to align, but you also have to take, like, you have to take advantage of those opportunities aligning. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely, I think, where we found ourselves, where it was like, yeah, things were aligning because we had no idea, but like none of this was strategic, you know, like right. I could not have foreseen that it's like, yeah, let's be on this platform and do these things and work with these people. And then this is, you know, we just you can't really foresee that, any of that. So I think a lot of it was we were fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. Um, but obviously we had to put in the work, right? We did have to mm-hmm. first find these, you know, influences to work with um, and, you know, uh, more and more and get more and more of them in and then also be like, oh, okay, this is a trend. Let's actually get, like, let's now actually intentionally take advantage of this platform um, right. that's growing. So, yeah, it was a, it's a mix of both for sure. You really got swept up in this wave in the early days of Instagram and with these food bloggers, you really did a lot to reach out to influencers. What impact directly did that have on your business? Oh, a massive impact. Like yeah. to the point there was, um, <laughs> uh, I like telling the story actually, because it's still actually something like brings tears to my eyes, but I was, so we were not busy um, at all. And this was like months into it. So there was one Friday night that uh, my husband and I finally were able to take off and we were at this Japanese restaurant um, and we only ever had two people working. So it was a Friday night, like this is how not busy we were Friday night and we only had two people working um, in, in the store. And we get a call from one of them and he was like, oh, I, like, can you guys come in? I, I can't explain right now, um, but you've got to come in. And we were like, has something happened? But like, have, have, I don't know, do you not have power? And you're like, what's going on? Right, so we're like, right. Are you flooded? You know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, so we like run to the car. We're like, you know, we're trying not to drive, you know, run any red lights. And um, and I, I'm dropping my husband off at the front so I can find parking. And it was the first time that our store was actually packed. Like we had a line at the time, like I never would have in my wildest imagination ever thought that it was possible. Um, Sometimes we like to think it's like a, it feels like a dream when you're like, oh, this is, I'd love for this to happen. Yeah. But you know, what are the chances of that actually becoming reality? I mean, I don't want, I don't want to sound pessimistic or anything, but that was what was going through my mind at the time, right? Like what are the chances of this really happening? But then and there that was happening. And so for me, when I think back to like, what had we actually intentionally done? It was those things. It was working with people who, and by the way, like, because it felt like at that time that we had become an overnight success, but obviously that's not how it works. That's Um, never how it works. Exactly. (laughs) But was there, but by by the way, just to pinpoint that one night, 
Was there something specific that came out at that time? Was there a press mention? Was there a blogger that mentioned it? Was there something that drove it on that particular Friday night? Or was it just accumulation? It was an accumulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just like, there was just this, it was like that momentum. It's like that snowball analogy, like rolling down. Like, you know, one, it was like one. And and by the way, like Sydney as well is not a huge, you know, um, a huge place, not like New York City where there's like, you know, I think Sydney has maybe like a million people. <laughs> I don't know, but it's not a it's not a big city, um, and so that's the thing, right? Like once you uh, start to tap into the Sydney network from a food perspective, everyone's kind of following the same people, like you know. And so once you see someone mentioning, for example, for us, like the chocolate, and then you see another person that you're following mentioning chocolate and then you see another like you're like well I have to go try this place now like there's yeah. just, and that's just how it worked in in Sydney especially um you know we were just kind of getting starting to get everywhere um and it wasn't like any big press like news big newspapers and it was literally just these people who uh just gave up their time and you know an evening one evening came in had some free dessert um, took some great photos and posted about it. Um, and that was just what created the snowball effect. Um, so, yeah. We'll hear more from our guest right after this brief break. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a business owner. And if you're a business owner in need of a new website, but you really don't want to build it yourself, check out Jotful. Jotful will build you a professional website that both looks great and includes all the marketing best practices. So we'll actually get the job done for your business. And it's affordable. In fact, it's only about 10% of what you'd typically expect to pay an agency or designer. Even better, you can give it a try today for free. At Jotful, we'll make you a free sample website so you can see if it's a good fit for your business before you ever even sign up. Visit us at Jotful.com to request a free sample website for your business. That's J-O-T-T-F-U-L.com. And now, back to the show. So stepping back, as an entrepreneur, how can we look at all the different channels that are out there and identify those that might allow us to have that kind of momentum that you saw from Instagram? Yeah, it's, um, you know, and it it feels kind of like cliched or trite to say this, but, you know, you do genuinely have to be where your customers or clients are. Yeah. Genuinely. I mean, again, we were like, we're a young brand. Um, We were definitely targeting, you know, like university, young professional, you know, that, you know, those coming out of university, just entering the workforce. Like that was very much our target market. And that was very much who was driving that Instagram like the Instagram growth. Um, and so, you know, it's easy to say, like, now I know that everyone's like, you've got to be on TikTok, you've got to be on TikTok. And like, it's not, you probably do. And definitely at some point you do, because that's going to become, you know, it's going to become much, much more mass, like the way that Instagram is now. Mm-hmm. But do you need to be on it right now? Maybe not. If your customer client isn't on there, right. um, it just doesn't make sense because then you're just create, you're putting all this work to create content for who for what like for the vanity metric of like maybe getting thousands of views on a particular video like you know that's not a good use of anyone's time so yeah it it really depends yeah so there are these kinds of things that go in and out right plat 
platforms become popular and then they start to fade. I mean, Facebook is certainly on a, on a decline the last couple of years, but there are some things that are timeless. And you talked about this when we were, when we originally met was reaching out to influencers will always work. Yes. What else? And tell us a little bit more about how you reached out to influencers. Yeah. So um, again, influencers um, can mean different things depending on your industry. So obviously we started in a very product heavy industry um, with actual tangible food. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the same with if you're in e-commerce, you know, you have a very tangible thing. So there is, you know, influencer marketing is actually a strategy that, you know, is very big, should be very known uh, where you find, you know, influences on whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or wherever to actually, you know, you gift them product um, and you work out some arrangement for them to actually post about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite a known model. Um, yep. In coaching and, and services, uh, it's uh, for, for me because I'm kind of in a particular community that calls it, you know, the Dream 100. Um, so this is really about who are, there's still influencers, right, who have, who has, you know, a, a community of um, an audience that is made up of your ideal clients uh, and how can you then work your way in or like you know um, tap into that base because that is essentially what you want to be doing and that's why influencer marketing is such a it's it's such a timeless strategy because you're always it's always about leverage um, and is it again is it the thing that's going to make you an overnight success like unlikely (laughs) unlikely Mm -hmm. um especially because just creating those relationships as well just takes time right it's not like that's (laughs) that's the thing so but it's one of those things that if you just like plan for and are strategic about that will pay off dividends you know after like again it's that snowball thing it's like the more that you just keep doing it and banking that up the more that you know after that that invest that time investment essentially that you put into it is going to actually pay you back. So that's why yeah. I'm always, this is always the number one, one, one of the number one strategies that I've always done in marketing. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the dream 100, what you do is you sit down and you think about all of the people or all of the organizations that influence your target customer. And then you just make a list of the top 100 and it's hard. It's hard to come up with a hundred of them that requires you to actually go out and talk to your customers about what they read, what podcasts they listen to, um, whose videos are they watching on YouTube to really, really understand who's influencing them. And then once you have that list to start systematically thinking about how you can reach out to all of those people and find ways to collaborate with them. What are some of the different ways you can collaborate with them, Deirdre? I mean, there are some very no-brainer ones like um, being interviewed on a podcast um, or interviewed on live. Um, There are some, and it kind of depends on uh, the way that I think about it as well is it kind of depends on where you are in that relationship, right? So, um, and also how can you give? Because uh, this is all about, this is the thing, you know, we a lot of us go into these relationships and we're like, oh, because we want a particular outcome. That's kind of like, <laughs> you know, that's probably the one of the worst things that you can go into something like this thinking. Right. Um, it has to always be, well, what can I give? How can I serve? Um, and so, you know, for, for me, I'm always trying to be as reciprocal as possible. Um, I have my own podcast. So if I guest on someone else's, then, you know, I'm always like, hey, do you want to come and guest on, on mine um, as well. And so that's kind of like for me almost like the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then 
if it makes sense and if there's a way that, you know, uh, your services, your what can actually align, then how, you know, is there a way that you can do uh, some form of JV together, um, collaborate together more meaningfully? So that could be like um, integrating you know, a particular part of each other's course, courses into mm-hmm. those course, if that makes sense, yeah. Um, can you, you know, um, do more meaningful things with paying clients of, for, for each other? Just, you know, what are some other ways that you can be working together? And, and then all the way up to, like, you could actually set up a brand new, a whole new offer together, you know, like that's kind mm-hmm. of always at the, the very, very top. Um, so, yeah, so there's a multitude of ways that you can work together, but I'd first start with, Think about how you can help, how you can serve first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's excellent advice. So on your website, you talk about your reverse stocking technique, and I was intrigued. Can you yeah. talk to us a little bit about what this means? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I so reverse stocking technique is... Totally what? legal. It's totally legal. <laughs> yeah. Not, it's, it's reverse. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not stalking them, they're stalking you. <laughs> so it's totally legal. Um, okay. So... The way, and this kind of comes back to the way that I think about um, social media now, and especially social media that is a lot more saturated. So, you know, you've heard about how I was fortunate enough to ride the wave of of the growth of Instagram with my first business. Um, But honestly, since then, and I've had multiple businesses um, since then, it had like I have not been able to have that same kind of impact, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just way too saturated now. So the way that I look at Instagram now, um, especially, and it could be the same for the fa- for Facebook and TikTok at some stage, is how can I actually start participating? Because a lot of times as businesses, we look at these platforms as ways that we can just push. We just want to push out our stuff um, and have people, you know, like consume our things because, you know, of course, we're putting out really valuable things. So why wouldn't they uh-huh. want to? Um, but I think we have to realize that that's a what not not what social like those platforms were built for. So that's why you know when you talk about the algorithms, there's a reason why sometimes you might not see your post reaching a lot of people or doing you know because because of the fact that that plat- the platform was built for social. And so what that means is that it wants to see you be social. Um, and what that what that means then is it actually wants to see you participating, not just promoting, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of almost thinking differently about social media now. Yeah, of course we want to promote, but that has to come with participation. And what participation looks like is obviously enga- engaging meaningfully, by the way, like not just a, a heart here and there and a love your content, you know, type thing, but like mm-hmm. actually, you know, whatever that your the conversations are that your dreamiest clients are having, like how can you participate in that conversation with them? Um, and it also comes down to like, yeah, you're going to have to like get in front of your dreamiest clients. And again, I don't mean like a spammy in a spammy way, but you know, like they need to be able to see you. <laughs> they need mm-hmm. to be able to find you. And if, if you want to not leave it a chance, you have to be active with that. Um, and so that's what I mean by, you know, you you kind of like put yourself out there a lot more meaningfully. And I don't just mean by, by content. I mean, content is one part of it, but like right. use the platform to be social, to participate. And then the reverse stalking comes in because they're going to be like, oh, I wonder who this person is who is suddenly having these conversations with me. I'm going to go check them out. And, hey, they have something really compelling that I'm like that I 
need and their content, you know, they're, they're giving me an insight into exactly who they are um, and what they do. I do work with a lot of podcasters. So, you know, my whole, like the way that I think about it is, um, and sorry, just as a little bit of a detour, but, um, you know, I subscribe to the whole like seven hour rule, um, which is that uh, a lot of times your dreamiest clients, your customers need to have consumed or, you know, spent at least seven hours with you. Um, oh, and that's why. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so I, um, I uncovered that in, so Daniel Priestley, he has a book called Oversubscribed. And so he's first kind of coined this seven-hour rule. And it's like backed by research from Google. And that's why he's, um, his example was like in Japan, business business owners, they don't actually talk about business until they've spent that time together, playing golf, having dinners, all those things, because it's like build that relationship first come to know, like, and trust each other, create that familiarity bias. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk business, it's like, it's a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of course we're going to work together because why wouldn't we? So, um, so the way that I think about it is how can you, how can you use your short form to, cause, and again, so, cause social media is great at like going, like finding people and, and, and trying to bring them in, mm-hmm. but how can you, um, uh, use also use your long form to really clock up those seven hours because again that's the way that you're really going to give them good value really tell them your stories really give them an insight into who you are so that they can really like and trust you um so uh so anyway the reason why i detoured there was because uh coming back to reverse stalking technique you know it's like yeah they land on your profile they see what you're about they can see already the short you know value that you can give them and then because and it, one of my strategies is content honey traps, but because you've laid these really effective content honey traps where you create so uh-huh. much curiosity in people that they're like, I need to go listen to that podcast. I need to go hear what they're, what they're about and what they're saying. Then they start to follow you through that front end funnel through. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of the reverse talking technique. Yeah. I, I know that I've been lured into this before, right? I'll listen to a podcast. For example, I listened to a podcast. I heard an expert on con, um, conversion rate optimization speak. Mm. Fascinating. So then I just looked up other podcasts and realized that this particular person had their own podcast on conversion rate optimization, mm. listened to that and realized they'd also written a book. So downloaded the book and you just, you end up reverse stalking them, right? right. Looking for them. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm a sucker for it, apparently. <laughs> but that's just because it's it's just humans. Like, like we're all suckers for it. This is just how we all work. Um, I have multiple clients tell me that, yeah, the reason why they're working with me is because, yeah, they listened to They saw me on social media. They listened to my podcast. Um, they came to one of my events and then was like, yeah, I like, of course I want to work with you. Work with awesome. Yeah. So Deirdre, tell us what it is that you're doing today. Give us a little spiel about, um, about your coaching and then let us know how we could contact you if we're interested. Yeah, for sure. So um, I help uh, like coaches and consultants who have a podcast essentially monetize that on social media. So what I spoke about is pretty much like what I do. Um, and I can do that in two ways. So one is like, here's a course, watch it, implement it. Um, we're here for some support, but it's, you know, um, everything's laid out for you. And the other way is um, if you are sort of a busy CEO who just wants to spend an hour and a half a week doing all the things, all the things on social media. So literally everything else is like done for you. We're not an agency in that way, but what we do is we um, actually plug in a system with a really cost-effective VA to actually 
do all the doing. Um, yeah. So that's the other way that we can work with people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, is virtual assistant for those of you who are not yes. in that lingo. Yeah. <laughs> virtual assistant. Yeah. And uh, if you want to contact me, um, you can uh, Instagram, Deidre Shen, come and find me, or my website is deidreshen.com. Well, that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this episode of Marketing Made Easy by Jotful, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. That helps other people find out about the podcast so they too can grow their businesses. And hey, while you're there, if you're not yet a subscriber to this podcast, go ahead and click the subscribe button. That way, you'll never miss an episode. From all of us here at Jotful, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I'll meet you on the next one.